I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count. Praise the Lord, greetings to you in the name of Jesus Christ This is Tay Love preaching Jesus Man, I'm excited about God's word today And the reason why is We do not have to be in the darkness about anything All we have to do is read God's word It's no wonder that God saw fit throughout the centuries and thousands of years to preserve his word from one generation to the next. This is why he gave us his written word. Matthew 4, when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, he told the devil, it is written. We too can tell the devil and anyone else in the world that it is written. You're listening to One Life with Tay Love via madeupmind.com. Please share this podcast. The word of God can only get out by you and me. You and me telling people, you and me sharing different things. Please share this. Get the word out. Man, there's so much junk out here. It's so much political correctness, spiritual political correctness. There's so many people afraid to simply read the words of the Bible. And that's what we're going to do today. Today's podcast is Unequally Male and Female. Again, that title is Unequally Male and Female. There's only four points that I want to present to you on this podcast. I want to let y'all know I got a new album that's coming out officially. It's going to be released called Free One. I tried to sample and give away music and stuff like that and Man, at the end of the day, we're just going to release this thing. This is kind of an intro back into uh, music as far as the industry, music or whatever. The way that it is now is a little bit different, but the style, the intensity, the tenacity for Jesus and the fire of God is still the same. So just be looking out for that. If you're on the email list, we're going to have that coming out very soon. We've got stuff in the works and prayerfully. God will build this thing and it'll blow up. And when I say that, I simply mean go viral for him. I don't have an interest in buying gold socks and sitting on velvet uh, cushions and all the goofy things rich folks end up doing. I'm not talking about that. We are simply talking about countless people around the world hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God, the truth. Time is ticking, folks. This is why it's imperative that you get to a place where you can comfortably sit and listen to this podcast. Again, this is Tay Love, Christian rapper, Bible teacher, and today's podcast is Unequally Male and Female. I do not have a specific verse because we're going to be going through the Old and New Testament with just four points that I want to present to you today. So again, point number one. And this should be obvious to anybody who's lived on earth, you know, two, three, four, five years or whatever, especially if you're an adult. Point number one, God did not create male and females to be the same in function. Let me say that one more time. 
God did not create male and female to be the same in function. Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Male and female, just those two words side by side tell you right away they are not the same. That's like saying a sneaker and a boot side by side, they are not the same. Not once do we look on a track and field and see people running in boots. Not once. Why? Because boots were not made to run in track and field. Sure, you can run in them, but there is a reason why track and field folk wear running shoes and not boots. Let's keep going. There's a lot more scripture we have. Genesis 1:28. He says, "Be fruitful and multiply and let them have dominion over the earth." Yes, they are to have dominion. They are created by the same God which makes them have equal value, but they do not have equal function. So even as they have dominion in the world, they are not going to be doing the same thing. Genesis 2, 21 through 24, right next door, God creates, he, 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 he puts Adam to sleep. He pulls a rib out of his side and he brings the woman to the man. The man names the woman. He says, you are woman because you were taken from my side. He probably woke up and felt the surgical mark on his side. And then he names Eve later and says, you are the mother of all living. Uh, the man, Adam, is the one who says, you are bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. This is not a woman speaking to a man. This is Adam speaking to Eve right there in Genesis 2.21. We see again the order back in Genesis 2.15. God gives an, uh, Adam the job of naming all the animals. There was not a woman created on earth yet. And when a, a woman is created, who brings her to Adam? God does. God is the one who said, I will make a helper comparable to. See, that's where the issue is right there. The issue is, hey, Male and female, God said, you're not going to be the same as the male. I'm going to make you comparable, suitable to a helper for him. That was God's intent when he created woman. So anyway, that's Genesis 2, 21 through 24. Now, let me pull the Bible out and read. Well, I don't have to, but Genesis 3, 16, this is the fall. Now God comes down and he's rendering out his judgment upon the male upon the female, upon the serpent, and he curses the ground. But this is what he says in Genesis 3.16. The part that pertains to this podcast is, hey, female, you're going to have pain in childbirth. Oh, my goodness. For you husbands out there, when you see your wife and it's time for her to give birth, there's going to be absolutely nothing you can do about it. There's no amount of touching. There's no amount of nothing is going to take away the pain. And when you are in the room with your wife, she's in the greatest pain and you are not in any pain physically. 
This is something that God has put on the woman and it is what it is. But in that same verse, Genesis 3:16, this is the part that deals with male and female today. He says, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. There are many different uh, people who have spoken on this. I think, in my opinion, the person who does the best job that I've seen, the two people that I've seen articulate this best is Mark Driscoll and John MacArthur. John MacArthur, I mean, the way he walked through the word, I was blown away. What this verse pretty much means is this. You are going to want to do what the man does. You're going to want to be who the man is. There's going to be uh, tension, contention, hostility, and feuding between the sexes because the curse is the woman is going to want to do what the man does. When it says your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you, that line right there lets you know, again, the tension, the uh, contention between the two sexes. Please know that God did not create woman to contend with man. God created woman to complement man. Genesis 2.18, again, a helper comparable to. Before Genesis 2.18, everything that God created, the Bible says God saw that it was good. And Genesis 2.18 is the first time God looks at creation and says, uh-oh, something is not good. So moving on, that's the first point. So again, God did not create male and female to be the same in function. There are more than 6,500 differences between males and females. These LGBT folks, hey, if you, uh, if you castrate yourself, you know, get the surgeries, get some hair, paint your nails, you, you change your fragrances. You have not even begun to scratch the surface on trying to flip yourself and change yourself to be the opposite sex. In other words, if I showed up at a piece of land, let's say an acre of land, and I've got a caulk gun, some caulk, I've got a hammer, and I got 14 screws I have not even began to build what I call myself building is a house. I, I, no excavation, no plumbing, no electrical, this, that, and the other. That's the uh, uh, that's how it is for uh, uh, you know males and females who say they want to try to change themselves. Man, wouldn't it be awesome? Or I mean, in, in the mind of some people, if I said, you know what, I'm so sick and tired of being slow, I'm going to become a cheetah. And I'm going to break every record in sprinting and running in sports and basketball. I'm going to do it. And so I go and start trying to put some some rods and springs in my legs. And, you know, I mean, come on, man. Clearly, I was not made to do that. And it's the same thing with males and females. This is why for more than a thousand years, I haven't done all the history on this, but it was in 1977, the late 70s is when you know, legislate legislation and all the laws and the pressure and activism and all that caused all the medical powers that be to go into what was clearly established 
to change uh, the definition of mental illness. And now it's not a mental illness and so on and so forth. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, God did not create male and female to be the same in function. This is also why men cannot have babies. I'm a male. I don't have fallopian tubes. I do not have ovaries. I don't have a menstrual cycle. I don't. I can't produce breast milk and on and on. Why? Because I'm not a female. Now, I can go, you know, get me some clothes and stuff like that, but that's not going to give me fallopian tubes and ovaries and et cetera, et cetera. These, I'm speaking scientifically, biologically, and medically. Okay, this is not homophobe and all that at all. Okay, now moving on to point number two. Point number two is this. God explains who does what in various roles and relationships. Again, point number two. God explains who does what in various roles and relationships. There is a curriculum called Clarifying the Bible. In that curriculum, they teach you to explain the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament. One of the things they introduce you to right away is the acronym AMPEC, A-M-P-E-C. And that stands for Anticipation, Manifestation, Proclamation, Explanation, and Consummation. I know. I just rolled out some, uh, you know, like uh, Peter Piper Peck and all that junk. But I'm telling you, the word I want to get to is the E-Explanation. So when we get to the New Testament, the book of Matthew is the M manifestation. The Messiah, the awaited Messiah that has been prophesied for hundreds of years has finally arrived. After Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and even we might as well say Acts, we get to the epistles and that is the explanation component of the Bible. What does that mean? God then through his apostles and through the men that he says, sit down and write this, he begins to explain what we are to do in this new covenant, in the newness of life, being people who are born again, filled with his Holy Spirit, and now being the people that he has called us to be. And as with the Old Testament, in the New Testament, he gives us instructions on what to do, how to do, how to live. So Ephesians 4 31 through 32, it says, uh, 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 it talks about one another. Okay. Now I have a lot of scriptures memorized and I'm, I'm going to try without having a scripture jam to, to, to spit this out to you. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 28. Let, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands, the thing, which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. And let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying it, it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 32. And be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. This is the two verses before we get to Ephesians 5. We're already in Paul's long discourse to the church at Ephesus where he's saying, hey, this is how we're supposed to act and how we're supposed to govern ourselves between each other. So he's already saying one another 
back in Ephesians 4. Now we go to Ephesians 5, 1, and it says, Be ye therefore imitators of Christ as dear children. Be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. Now he's saying he's still in that discourse of talking to more than one person where he says, be ye therefore, because he just got through saying one another. Now, this is important because, again, there's a word play and certain people think we're building the case for Ephesians 5, 21, where it says submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Well, that verse is not in the context of marriage. That verse is just in general. That's we're already in the one another's again in Ephesians four, we get to Ephesians five and he's still talking to the church at Ephesus. We have not even for 21 verses, there is no mention of husband and wife or marriage. So Ephesians five twenty one doesn't say submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God in the context of marriage. Ephesians 5 21 is saying, Hey, as people of God, everything that said before that verse is what we are supposed to do. And that's how we are to submit to one another in the fear of God. So if we were to pick up at 13, Ephesians 5 13, he says, awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. See then, or that's 14, 15, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in hearts to the Lord, giving thanks in all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And 21, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, period. When we get to this period, like other texts in the Bible, the very next statement tells us how to submit. This is key because watch what it says and watch what it doesn't say. 22, Ephesians 5, 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he's the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wise be to their own husbands in everything. Stop. Ephesians 5, 22 through 24 is instruction towards the female and how she should submit to the male in her marriage. Now, that's going to look different in every marriage. That's why the Bible says, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Just like we have different churches that do different things, meaning somebody preaches before they sing, somebody sing before they preach. Somebody want to do the, the uh, communion this way, somebody want to do it that way. All that is according to the leadership of that particular body. As long as it's within the boundaries of the word of God and it's not out of bounds, meaning it's it contradicts sound doctrine and, and, and theology, it's okay. Some of you may want to be quiet when you sing. Some of y'all lift y'all hands and run around. If it's all within the boundaries of the word, it's all good. Well, this this one says, listen, now. This woman over here in her marriage may be able to do this with her husband, but that does not mean that you can do that same thing in your marriage with your husband. That's why the Bible says, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. And that verse, those verses are talking to the, the, the female 
with the male in the context of marriage. This is important because the next verse, the very next verse, 25, God turns and he speaks to the male. Again, this point says God explains who does what in various roles and relationships. So God says to the husbands, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So now we see this dissertation to the male concerning the female in marriage. Notice in this text, Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, what is said to the female is not what is said to the male. And what is instructed and said to the male is not instructed and said to the female. So when the Bible, when people say, oh, we got to submit one to another. No, you, what you get, you're, you're, what you're trying to say is, hey, this is more about culture and American than it is about God and his Bible. No, no, no. God's word again tells us, hey, you all are going to have different roles. You all are going to have different roles in different relationships. So no, what the female and male do in marriage is not the same. As a matter of fact, now we get down to the verse 33, which this is the one that, you know, to me, I don't think most Christians like. If you read King James in Ephesians 5, 33, it says, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as, as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now you'll get any other translation of the Bible and they moved away from the word reverence. It'll say respect. But when you look at it in the Greek, and this is what I just found out. I'm so, this is why I love God's word. It still is living. It's still fresh. It never dulls or gets old. It's still sharp, even to me. And I've been following Jesus for 24 years now. Now watch this. In Ephesians 5.33 and in Ephesians 5, well, let's just stay there. In Ephesians 5.33, in marriage, that word reverence means hupotasso. What that means is to place under, to place oneself under. No one makes you do it. You willingly do it. In other words, the husband doesn't take the wife by the neck and say, you, you, you do what I say. But the wife says, hey, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to pursue marriage. And if I'm going to be married, I'm going to place myself under my husband. She does it willingly again as unto the Lord. God don't shake people and punch them in the nose and say, get saved. No, you come because he won you over through the love of somebody, through his word, his Holy Spirit, through dreams, through vision. God have many ways of how he redeemed people, but he, he never, God never shakes and drags and pulls somebody and say, now be my servant. No, he don't do that. And he doesn't expect husbands to do their wives that way. But the wife should look at this and say, this is what I'm willingly want to do because that word hupotasso means to place oneself under you put yourself under okay that word is not used for the husband towards the wife that word is only used for the wife towards the husband now there's another word that again we want to clarify the roles 
There's another word in Ephesians 5.33, that word respect. Let's say you don't like the word reverence. You know what? I just don't like King James. I don't like it. It's just, you know, you know how people do. And I, I know you swam in different circles and you done sat in small groups and yeah, this thing done came up and now it comes out. Ooh, you see how people really feel about certain things. And that's fine. That's what these groups are for. And hopefully these uh, real authentic discussions can continue. But the word uh, respect or reverence means phobeo in Greek. And it means this literally fear, dread, reverence, am afraid, terrified to reverence, to venerate, to treat with deference or reverential obedience. I know if you born and raised in America, that is distasteful to you. I know if you come from a place, a third world country, Africa, some of the Asians, uh, uh, you know, I know that you're saying, hey, the men in our country are, are, are brash and they're rude and brute beasts towards women. However, when you come to Jesus, yes, all things have become new to include the culture that you came from. When you come to Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Well, if we take the environment of a snake, it's going to be drastically different than that of a panda bear or a, a, a panda bear and, and the environment of an alligator or an alligator and the environment of a duck. They're going to be different. I hope you know what I'm saying. I, not even animals going from, a, like I say in one of my rhymes and he is my lifestyle, Going from a staple to a caterpillar. It's like being the preacher from being a drug dealer. Instead of all Kelly and Master P and my CD player, I'm listening to the mass choirs and altar call prayers. Your environment should be different. And that's what it means when you come to Jesus as a male and female. Males, you love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself forward and washed her with the word and love her as your own body. But wives, you submit, you place yourself under your husband. You subject yourself to your husband. Listen, in everything, you can't wear your hair the way Josie down the street wear her hair because that's what Mike like and your husband ain't Mike and so on and so forth. Hey, again, this is marriage, the ins and outs of marriage. The point here is not to beat me up because I said wearing your hair a certain way. If you if you're a smart woman and a smart man, you're going to do what works for your spouse. But I'm saying the second point, God explains who does what in various roles and relationships. So Ephesians 5, 22 through 33 is in the relationship of marriage. Now we go right next door to Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. And that's the context of family. This is why children don't run the house. According to the Bible, children do not determine the food, the dinners, the meals that's being made. Children do not determine the car that's being bought. Children do not determine the house that's lived in. And the way I was raised, a lot of times you're not even talking. If you ain't talking amongst yourselves, the brother, the sibling level, you don't sit and interrupt the mama daddy level. As a matter of fact, if mama and daddy's talking, you don't talk. 
if a grown person is talking to my mama, I stand in patience and I wait or I, I stand in patience and silence and wait or I go away and come back at another time. God give instruction on how that look in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, where it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with them and thou mayest live long upon the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children with wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So, folks, this is family. Not only that, so we talked about marriage, we talked about family, but watch this. God says work relationships. Ephesians 6, 5 through 9 give bosses and employees a way to interact with each other. Again, in a Christian context. Now we know and even James 5 talk about how uh, people who own companies are oftentimes greedy. The way that wages are set is really uh, disproportionate. And I mean, drastically. One time they compared the CEO of Disney. And if you out there and you follow Disney, you, you should you should stop and shut them down. They got gay threaded and everything and all the cartoons. It's, it's that uh, conditioning children and all that. But it's all on TV. Now it's everywhere. But here's the thing. The Disney CEO, they compared the salary of sixty four million dollars. That's one thousand times more than the average uh, full-time person's salary. 1,000 times. 1,000 times more. That's why God give us these uh, uh, verses, Ephesians 6, 5 through 9, especially when it gets to 9. So when it gets to 9, it says, listen, uh, uh, I know you, you are an employer. I know this is your company and I see what you're doing. I want you to know that God is no respecter of person. See the boss and the employee, the company and the, the, the uh, employee, they are both created in the image of God. When we stand and give an account of our lives before God, it's not going to be a matter of what position did you hold in the company we're all going to give account of our lives the same, the same humans created by the same God. We're going to be judged the same way. That's why he says, and God is no respecter of person because the previous verses he's giving the worker and the company rules on how to engage with one another. So again, that second point, God explains who does what in various roles and relationships. Point number three, God has order in heaven and that order is to be reflected on earth because it represents his rule. Part of the reason why God sought to establish kings and priests and the tabernacle in the Old Testament is he wanted to reflect to the world his rule on earth through a chosen people. OK, that today, according to first Peter two, nine, God and Titus uh, two, 14, God wants us to still be a peculiar people set apart for zealous works. He wants us to be a people that do uh, things being inspired by his spirit to reveal his truth and who he is and his love in the world. So, again, 
God wants his rule. He wants a reflection of what he is like through how we interact with each other, which means he's going to set up who does what. This is why in the Old Testament, there were kings and priests and prophets and generals and military and singers. And there was all these rules because God is saying, I want you to build this house or build this temple this way with this material, according to this measurement. And I want you to walk this way and put this on and watch this and cut the thing this way and put blood this way. All of these things, again, reflect an attribute of God. If you don't believe me, One way that you can marvel or try to understand what I mean is, why don't you go to Harbor Freight or go to one of these stores and get you a magnifying glass, a microscope. Get a microscope two or three hundred times power and then just put different things under it. Try a piece of hair or maybe, you know, kill a little ant and put the ant under there. Look at look at what you see under that microscope. And that's going to show you the detail, the minute, fine tooth comb detail of God. And so he's a God of order. It don't matter how simple something may seem. That's not the way God work. God is a God of order. And so, again, God's order in heaven has to be reflected on earth, especially when it comes to his church. This is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Like Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. If you're listening for the first time, please subscribe. Subscribe. You can get these whenever they upload it. And go back through and listen to some of the other messages. Why? This is your devotion and Bible study time. This is the way that you're drawing nigh to God to learn of him and to grow in the word. Again, this podcast is called unequally male and female. So let's go to 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15. When we go to this text, this is Paul talking and he, this is where he says, listen, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Now I know in America and modernized uh, societies, women are like, oh, they, they, they don't like this. Again, it's the same rub of that Genesis 3:16. Okay? But here's what he's saying. This is not just context. This is fact. If we were to read this verse and I'm going to read this when I got a tablet which means I can't dance through these uh verses this fast, but let me get there and you'll see we're going to read that this is fact. This is not just context. Context would mean uh it's just for them at that time like a festival or, uh, you know, something uh, specific to that time. But here's the thing. If we were to say that, well, this doesn't mean for today, it was only in that time. How many other thousand places in the Bible would that same thing apply? And after a while, our solid uh, cheese would look like Swiss cheese. And then the Bible wouldn't be as authoritative or inerrant uh, you know, because of all of our uh, and false interpretation and putting our emotional sauce on everything. You know, like I said in the beginning, males ain't females. Females ain't males. Just like dogs ain't cats and cats ain't dogs and fish ain't ducks and, and so on and so forth. What is, is what it is. 
That's why the iPhone ain't Android. Okay, we, we, we have divisions over that. But 1 Timothy 2, 11 says, King James, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. For I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Now, let's keep reading, Paul, because, hey, some people think you just saying that for that time. That was back in that day. What does Paul say? Ultimately, what does God say? 13, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. That one verse nullifies it was just for then. No, what happened with Adam and Eve is the permanent uh, deal that controls and governs and has depicted what uh, how human human beings are still born into sin today. The baby that's being born right now. Yeah, as cute as that baby look, that baby is full of sin. That baby is a ball of sin. The baby that is yet to be named, whatever name is got, is going to be a name full of sin. But that verse right there tells us we are still affected by Adam and Eve. Again, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. 14, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness and sobriety. These verses tell us because of the fall, this is why a woman can't teach and have authority over a man. Not because, oh, it was just this time. And, you know, that's not a contextual thing. That's just what God says in this word. Now, let's keep reading. Okay. First Corinthians 11, one. Again, all we're doing is trying to support the point of God has order in heaven and God wants his wants his order reflected in the world on planet Earth through all those who claim him, who believe and have faith in his name. So let's go to first Corinthians 11 and we'll read here as well. Again, it says in King James, be ye followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. What Paul does a lot of times when he starts his letters and chapters is he wants to preface everything by saying, listen, I am one set by God, appointed by God to do and say what I'm about to do and say. So he sets the tone by saying, be ye therefore, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. What ordinances, Paul? What context uh, uh, does the word ordinances play or have a role in? In the church. In the church. Verse 3, 1 Corinthians eleven three. he says, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. God, or uh, Paul right here, gives us, hey, this is the framework that we are in. We have the head of the woman is the man. The head of the man is Christ. The head of Christ is God. That is not a contextual thing. That is fact and truth that's applicable today for you and me as followers of Jesus Christ. 
So he deals with this issue of a woman praying or prophesying with her head covered. And that goes on for the next, uh, after three, maybe 12, 13 verses. However, here is a fact that he points out in that, in this passage, let's go down to verse seven. He says, for a man indeed ought not to cover his head. For as much as he is the image and the glory of God, is man the image of God? Yes, he is. How was woman created? Out of the man. Who did God make first? God made the man. Who named all the animals? God chose the man. Who, you know, and so on and so forth. So yes, man is the image and glory of God. That's a fact. That's not contextual. That's him saying he's just stating a fact. In that same verse, I keep reading for a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. Uh Oh, I know if there's a lady in there and she got some feminine sauce all on her. I know that that did not sit well. If there's a woman who has come from a, maybe a Muslim background believer who has been mistreated by men in a different cultural context, that also did not uh, see her well. If there's a woman who's, who's a, a domestic violence uh, survivor, that, 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 uh, that verse did not sit with her well. It's no different than people who have a father wound and you grew up and your daddy wasn't there. When you hear the word father or heavenly father, it makes you feel a certain way. And hey, you know what? That's okay to feel that way. We have feelings because we need them in order to help us understand, grasp, and make sense of everything. But here's what I will say. This is also fact. Man is the image and glory of God. The woman is the glory of the man. So he clarifies, Paul, what do you mean? What are you saying, Paul? Paul says a lot of things in, in the, uh, the Bible that are like, wow, these are deep. Verse eight, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. In other words, how did the female come about? Look at the name F E male. You have male and you have F E male, fee male from male. And then he says, I know. And if you don't like that verse, verse eight, first Corinthians 11, let me give you verse nine. Neither was the man created for the woman but the woman for the man. Listen, people, I know, I know people in churches don't read these verses, but it's in the Bible. And here's what I'm saying. Isn't that what God did? First Corinthians 11, nine is really Genesis chapter two, 18. First Corinthians 11, seven through nine is really Genesis two, 18 through 24. God did not change why he made what he made. It's not all of a sudden like, Ooh, we're in the new Testament. And now the old Testament doesn't matter. Well, yes and no. Okay. We don't have time to get into the Jesus being the fulfillment and, and the new blood and, 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 and the old covenant and all that. But in this verse right here, this is fact. Again, the chapter is addressing the issue of head covering for women when they are prophesying or praying. We don't have time to get into how that works right now. However, he states a few facts. Now he gets down to verse 16. And when it comes to the issue of head covering, 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven sixteen, but if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. This verse is him addressing again, the issue of prophesying or praying, but we see three times in this long text verses one through 16, where there are facts stated fact the head of every woman is man, the head of every man is Christ, and the head of Christ is God. That's fact. That's not contextual, meaning, oh, it was at that time. That's now today. A, a woman is the glory of man. That's now today. The woman was made from man. That's now today. The woman was made for man. That's now today. We don't have no such custom. That's now today. So again, all we're doing is saying what God is saying. God is a God of order. Now, to further uh, discuss his order, now we're going to look at 1 Timothy 3, or no, 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14 is a chapter about gifts. It's all types of gifts, prophesying, singing, uh, uh, speaking in tongues, uh, praying, uh, all types of gifts. But we get down to the end of the chapter. And once again, the rub of Genesis 3, the curse, Genesis 3.16, when these verses are read, uh-oh, there's the woman flag again. That's a tender spot uh, between the male and female. So let's read this because, again, this is about God's order. This ain't got nothing to do with nothing else. This ain't about me. This ain't about the block you own. This ain't about America. This is about uh, God's word because this is his word. So what does his word tell us in 1 Corinthians 14? After Paul goes on describing all the gifts, how they should be used, he, he, he ends up uh, finishing off. A, a long segment about prophesying and the issue of tongues. Of course, even today, tongues is still something that's exalted in certain denominations, Pentecostals, Assemblies of God, and there's various other churches, even non-denominational churches who will say, hey man, you ain't saved and you don't have the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues. So until I hear you, you know, ramble off something, then no, you're not saved. You don't have the Holy Spirit. But we know in verses like John 14, 21 through 23, John chapter 10, 26 through 29, and various other verses that that's not the case. Every time a person is saved, tongues most of the time is not something that happens. And Paul goes on to tell us what tongues is for anyway. It's for prophesying or edifying, if anything, not just to do it to do it. Or you can edify yourself at home or just by yourself right there in the congregation, you know, right there in worship. Hey, that's fine, but not to get up and ramble off. You know, Paul dealt with all of that in this chapter. Once he gets through addressing that, he gets down to verse 33 and he says these words, King James, 1 Corinthians 14, 33 and following. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. I hope I read that slow and emphatically enough. Let your women keep silence in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under, uh, to be under obedience as also saith the law right there. 
we see they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law. But watch this 35. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. Why, Paul? For it is a shame for women to speak in the church. Paul, wow, that sounds outrageous. Isn't that just for that time? 36. What came the word from you? Came the word of God out from you or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that things that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Paul pulled out the ace card, the big joke of the trump card. I know y'all don't like what I'm saying, but I'm going to tell you that if you think you can interpret what I said, even if you thought you were some special theologian, I want you to know, let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Folks, Isaiah 55 tells us, it gives us a glimpse as to how God is. In Isaiah 55, starting around verse 8 and working through 11, he says, God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. As God is seated, seated in the heavens, so his thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. Isaiah 1, he says, come, let us reason together. Isaiah 1, 18, though your sin be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though your sin be as crimson, as he'll make them like wool. God is saying, you need to turn your mind towards me. Reason towards me, not me towards you. Humans shouldn't reason towards each other. Humans should reason towards towards God. As Transformation Church with Dr. Uh, Derwin Gray says, upward, inward, outward. The upward component, that's what you need to do is put your mind on God's word. Submit yourselves, hupatasso, put yourself under God's word. And it's his word, his reasoning. That's what we have to do. So let's go to 1 Timothy 3. Again, God has order in heaven, and that order is to be reflected on earth because it represents his rule. Heaven is not a place of chaos. Angels ain't walking around trying to, you know, see who can do what. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And No, no, no. The elders and the, 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 the uh, creatures, heavenly creatures, are not fighting and all that. There is order in heaven. And as Jesus taught us, he said, hey, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're talking about the context of the church now. Again, we dealt with marriage. We dealt with family. We dealt with work. Now we're dealing with church. Well, first Timothy three, we see churches popping up all the time. And the thing that churches are doing now is they're playing a, a word play. The word play that they play is what should they call the females in church who are gifted? And, you know, uh, a lot of times some churches struggle because they don't want to 
make women seem like you don't have no value. Again, we already addressed that male and female were not created to function the same. They are equal in value, but different in function. I heard Mark Driscoll say it this way, like a left and right hand. They're complementary. My left hand cannot do what my right hand does because my left hand is my left hand and it is not my right hand. Okay, that's that's the best way I've heard it said. We don't need to bite and devour each other. We just need to understand God. You are the one who created things the way that you created them. So first Timothy three, look at verse two, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. Why is that important? The Bible speaks clearly when it does. The Bible also says male and female when it does as well. In this case, a bishop and overseer must be the husband of of one wife, it does not say the wife of one husband. That means if our, if we read the Bible correctly, overseer, bishop, elder, pastor is only for men, not for women. Why is it so? Who are dads in the home? If mom and daddy got two kids, who's dad? Is it the woman? If a man and woman is in marriage, who's the husband? Is it the woman? And we can keep talking. If there are two canisters and one is 50 pounds and one is 15 ounces, which one does the man carry? Is it the woman who's carrying the 50 pounds? So that, it, it, listen, things are the way that they are because that's just the way it is. Okay, this ain't something that man has anything to do with. But let's go to Titus 1. Titus 1, verse 6, if any be blameless, the husband of one wife. Verse 5 says, for this cause left I thee in Crete that thou should have set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. Here it is. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife. So the Bible speaks only to men concerning overseers pastors, elders. Now you might be saying, oh man, that's just you, man. You, you sexist, you chauvinist or whatever word you want to use. Well, let's go right next door because that's what, what God does. Again, God is defining his roles. So let's go to Titus two. Here he is. He's speaking. He's going to talk about males and females. Listen very carefully, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in become of, that they be in behavior as become of holiness, not false accusers, not giving them much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. In that text, we see instruction for the male and we see instruction for the female. And once again, they are not the same. So when God speaks specifically to males, that's because he wants the male to do that. 
when God speaks specifically to females, that is because he wants the female to do that. This goes back to say, once again, my left and right hand are not the same. My hands and my feet are not the same. I can't run on my hands. Look at, I ain't even got that much meat on my hands. But look at my feet, the heel, the, 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 the foot is made to stand and run and walk all day. But who am I to say, give me my feet and let me use them as my hands. And as a matter of fact, let me use my hands for my feet. Folks, my hands are my hands and my feet are my feet. Why? Because that is the way God made me and every other human. Now, I know there's a rarity of folks you see on YouTube that got the, some of the illnesses and uh, medical, uh, rare medical conditions. Those, they're an exception, not the rule. That's not how most people are. But let's move on, folks, to my final point. My final point for you all on this podcast, I do thank you for listening. I hope this word is good to you. I hope it's so good that you will share it to your brother, your spouse, the, the people at your job or somebody at your church. Point number four, my final point of this podcast, God uses males and females just like he uses horses and birds. I am in no way saying that males and females, human beings are horses and birds. But what I am saying is Psalm 24 and one, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. When you read the Old Testament, particularly when you get into the account of the kings, you will see God using whole nations and armies for good and evil. You will see God use animals. He assigns the lion, the bear, the raven. You will see God use uh, uh, everyone and anyone the way that he needs to in order to accomplish what his word says. As that same verse I referenced earlier, Isaiah 55, God's word will not return unto him void. This is why everyone can be used for various means. Watch this. I know you're saying, Tay Love, you, you're saying some strong stuff. I can't say that I agree with you. Okay, well, let me read the Bible to you. And your attitude and mindset towards the word of God is a reflection of your worship, worthship or worthlessness of God in your life. That goes for me, too. If I love God, by default, I love his word. If I don't like his word, I need to go back to God and say, God, help me spend time with God, worship God, praise God, read his word until I love his word. And I stay right there or get into the presence of uh, uh, your pastor or somebody who's well versed in the word so that you can understand his word, because to love God is to love his word. As the Bible says in John 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, he was with God. In the beginning, y'all, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made, that has been made. Now I can move from the foundations laid, I'm in rap mode, that comes from whatever off of the world is not enough. John 1, 1 through 3. But let's get to this verse, two verses I'm going to read you and we are done with this podcast. Unequally male and female. Isaiah 29 through 13 or Isaiah 29, 13 through 16, King James Version. Again, Isaiah 29, 13 through 16, King James Version. And it reads, wherefore the Lord saith, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, 
but have removed their heart far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Uh Oh, my question is to the female females who told you that God's ways are wrong. What makes you cringe when you hear that women shouldn't teach a man or have authority over a man? What makes women, you female, what makes you uh, gnash your teeth when you hear the words, the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church? What makes that happen in these Christian small groups and these congregations where most pastors and preachers are scared to say and read certain verses in the Bible because they're going to get some heels upside their head and some cell phones or something thrown at them or possibly even apples or baseballs from the purses of the women in their congregation. Did you hear what this verse said? And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. God is saying, I understand why you don't like the word that I have. They profess me with their lips and mouth, but their heart is far from me. 14. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord and their works are in the dark. And they say, who seeth us and who knoweth us? God is saying some women, some ladies dislike those verses that I just read to you in the Bible. God see that God sees the way that you reason. It's no different than kids who try to uh, disrespect their parents. It's like time out. God tells you to obey your parents God tells you to honor your parents. That word honor is loaded. We don't have time to go there. That's a very, very strong and rich word that children are to give to their parents. But females, again, God sees the way that you're reasoning. He sees deep to hide the counsel of the Lord. God sees that. 16, surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not. Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, he hath no understanding. God is saying, females, why are you getting mad at me when I as God created, orchestrated, ordained females to do this, that, and the other? No different than elbows and knees, feet and hands, etc., God is the one who created you. God is the one who set things up for marriage, family, work, and his church. The church is not Baptist, Methodist. It ain't black, white, Southern, Northern. No, no, no. The church is Jesus Christ's church. Ephesians 1 says, and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The church is Jesus Christ. So, so here's the thing. Don't say to God, Lord, I don't, I don't like, I'm supposed to be all that huffing and puffing about what the Bible says. Again, this verse is saying he knows, he knows. Now, this is me not picking on women, but again, if you're in a, 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 a setting, a small group or whatever, 
you can feel the tension in the air once we get to this subject, because this is America and we have a certain culture here and feminism and feminists have paved the way. And, and this war, again, that God spoke of in Genesis three is still going on today. And your desire shall be for your husband, but and he shall rule over you. That's the rub and the tension that we're still experiencing today for some, not everybody, not all in Christ are having that problem. Not all women have a problem submitting to their husbands. Not, not, not all women have a problem saying, you know what? I don't have to speak. I can do something else. That ain't all women. But, you know, last verse I got and, and we're done. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 12 NIV. And it reads, at the potter's house is the title that begins this chapter. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 12. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and I there and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Ladies, God is saying he has decided how to make you what instruction he give you, period, for marriage, family, for the workplace, and for his church. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warrant repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if I at another time and if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Now, therefore, say to the uh, now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. Listen to what God says. This is what I love about the Old Testament, because we get an insight as to how God think. And we think God is ancient and old and he don't know. He ain't contemporary. He don't understand. But what you and I fail to believe is God made our brains. God is not a neuro, neuro, uh, neurologist. God created the brain. If he created the brain, the sectors of the brain, the, the, the fibers of the brain, come on now, he's well beyond uh, what a neurologist can do because God made the brain and God made the neurologist, etc., etc. Verse 12, but they will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. We will all follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of times in the context of church, the reason why tension between male and female exists in all these small groups and churches and when positions are given out in different capacities and all this and that is because females were not created to be males and males were not created to be females. How do we know? Because we're not the same. OK, uh, we, we, we don't have time to do a biology, a science or a medical session right now. But 
it's not really the issue of are men and women equal in the sight of God. You know, uh, uh, Galatians 3.28 says, hey, neither Greek or Jew, slave or free, male or female. Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's equal, like a left and right hand. However, the function of male and female is not the same. I think the problem in today's church, in the context of the body of Christ, is females have an issue with the function that they're supposed to have in family, in marriage, and in the church. And that's why that whole Genesis 3, that curse is still valid. Now, again, as people of God, this doesn't apply to everybody. Again, there are, there are great women who say, I don't have to do all that. I can have my, I can still serve the Lord, follow and do things this way where the women are flourishing. They're submitted, submitted to their husbands, etc. There are plenty of women like that. All churches don't have women who are bitter and nasty teeth. Whenever the Bible is read in these certain passages, it's just like people who ain't in sexual sin. They don't get mad and, and, and cringe when they think the preacher's picking on them because they in fornication. no, so at the end of the day, this is the podcast. There's a lot I could say, but hopefully you understand those four points. And that last point, uh, again, that God can do what he wants to do. He's the potter. We are the clay. This is his world, etc. Folks, that's all we have time for. This is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Like Podcast via madeupmind.com. Please share. Please subscribe because people need to hear the truth. Until next time. Hit the tracks, man. Preach the gospel, man. 2819, make disciples of all. Make disciples of One life. One death. One time. Make disciples. Make disciples. Make disciples.